Hey guys, welcome to Scouting Giants uh, here here on Pigskin Nut Live. And today, uh, myself and Jake Malik, we are going to preview the upcoming Giants game where they are going to take on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers up next right here on Scouting Giants. Not an easy game this week, Jake. I think we're playing maybe the hottest team uh, in, in the in the NFL right now. And, um, you know, right here on Scouting Giants, we got a Monday night game this week. So the Giants are, are going to be at home uh, taking taking on Tampa Bay. And, um, look, the Giants, um, they've, they've shown that I think they are at least moving in the right direction. Are they a good football team? No, they're one in, they're one and six. That, t- that tells you all, all you need to know. As Bill Parcells used to say, you are what your record says you are. But I will say, for a one and six team, they're good. They're a lot. They're a lot. They're a lot better than the Jets. They've been in close games throughout the year, but they are one and six after all. <laughs> so, we, Jake, th- this is going to be a a obviously a tough game because. I think when you look at Tampa Bay, this is a team that offensively is really finding its rhythm. Uh, you know, earlier in the year, you know, people were wondering, you know, is Tom Brady going to be Tom Brady? And he is. And I think when you look at how comfortable he's gotten in that offense, um, it, it, it could be a, it could be a, a tough – it's going to be a tough game this Monday. Yeah, my words of the wise Giants fans is don't expect to win. And I don't like to be – you know, negative. I, I I generally like to be a positive guy, but this is not a game we should ever win. Tom Brady looks really good. He's starting to enter the MVP discussions now with the way he's picking up his game. He may not have been two weeks ago, but now he's starting to get there. After beating the Packers and, and another dominant performance this past week, he looks really great. That offense is only going to get better. We're lucking out that Antonio Brown is still on suspension because – if he was going to be on the field, the game would even be harder to win because even if Antonio Brown doesn't have the huge impact, he's still another talented receiver you have to watch for. So that's a whole other issue. We luck out on that. But the problem is Brady looks great. He's got a lot of weapons, and it seems like they, they're just they're, they're getting better with each coming week. The offensive line is strong, which is going to make it harder for the defensive line to get pressure. And then you flip to the defense for a second, and they have a solid defense going. They have a great pass rush coming in, and that's going to test our offensive line a lot. 
And overall, that defense has played really exceptional. So, my like I said, my word to the wise is if the Giants win, you should be, like, celebrating like it's the Super Bowl because this would be a huge win, but don't expect to win. If the Giants can show some signs of life and keep up, that is where you need to say, okay, that's our victory because this is not a game you should win. This is a Super Bowl contender, and you have to be realistic. Yeah, and, and I'll say – um, despite the fact that they're one and six, um, this is this is the poorest performing division uh, we've seen in decades. Halfway through the season, um, and look, if if they win, the rest of the division is terrible. If they win, and like I said, we don't we don't think it's going to happen, but that that could be the momentum swing that they really need. Look, anything is possible. I'm not going to sit here and tell you they can't win. I'm just telling you they most likely won't win. But there's never I never say can't because there's an old saying that all football fans should know any given Sunday. And even though yeah, it's a Monday, okay, fine. It's the same concept. Any given day, a team can win. It happens. It's not likely, of course, but is it possible? I mean, it's not impossible, of course it's not. So I, I look, if they win this game, I mean, I don't care what we do the rest of the season. I could say, hey, we beat Tom Brady again. I'd be ecstatic. That would yeah. be like biggest victory in years. It, yeah, no, no, no doubt about it. So um, one thing, Chris Godwin will not be playing. He has a fractured finger, so he will be out. Uh, but obviously, uh, I think uh, in terms of the Brady, the Brady Gronk connection, uh, that's that's really been heating up. You're starting to see that, especially using Gronk as a red zone threat. Um, he's been he's been completely unguardable. I would say when I'm watching this guy, when I'm watching guys this year in the red zone, uh, in the end zone, excuse me. Um, Gronk is just un, he's as uncoverable as he's ever been. He's playing, he's playing at a high level, especially um, you know, you know, when when Brady's going to the end zone. So that's gonna be a tough matchup. Again, helpful that Chris Godwin is not there, but let's not let's not forget they also have Mike Evans. Probably the big matchup that we need to win is gonna be James Bradbury going one-on-one -on -one with, with Mike Evans. He's got a big size disadvantage. Bradbury is not a bigger corner. So I think he maybe he could struggle there a little more than usual just because of Mike Evans' size, um, but but if he can if he can have success there, you know that will be helpful. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, look, I I remember when Gronk retired and then obviously then came back out of retirement. I remember saying to people, look, he's not going to be what he was a few years ago. That's unrealistic expectations, of course. But if you have him at playing half of the you know the level, so to speak, that he was, he's still he's still going to be a, a force to be reckoned with, and he is. He's not what he used to be, of course not, and that's okay. But he's still a big guy. He knows football. His knowledge is there, and he's really using his size and knowledge to his advantage. And and you know just because maybe he's forfeiting his speed and maybe his physicality as compared to what it once was, just having that time off, it, it happens. That's fine. But he's still absolutely scary. He's a huge guy. And on a 50-50 ball, he's always going to have a chance just because he's so big and strong. And that's going to be the same problem we're going to see with Mike Evans. Yeah, we luck out that Chris Godwin is not going to be playing, which is good for us. But we're still going to have to deal with Mike Evans, who is still one of – Again, one of the better receivers in the league. He is also a force to be reckoned with, absolutely. And you said it, and I really agree. Bradbury's disadvantage is just going to be height, and that happens sometimes. Even if they double-team Evans, I don't know that that's going to help only because Evans is just so big. Again, if Brady puts it in the right spot, he may just put it out of reach where only Evans can get it, and that's obviously what a good quarterback will do. That's going to be the two key matchups for me are watching – 
Evans, of course, but also watching how the Giants try to defend Gronk because that's going to be a logistical nightmare for any team, especially uh, you know, especially a team with 26 like the Giants. Yeah, um, and, and I think what's going to be key for the for this game is Patrick Graham, our defensive coordinator, because um, what he's trying to be good at this year is giving offenses a lot, a lot of different looks. Uh, unfortunately, we just don't have the player personnel to really match up totally to what he wants to do. But I think he's done good with the pieces that he's had. So I heard Ray Lewis say one time, he said, quote, unquote, you're playing Brady. It's a chess match. And that's exactly what it is. Brady, what his specialty is, is manipulating the defense. So um, what what people forget about Tom Brady and what makes him what makes him so great. And I'll say what makes him better than any, any other quarterback. And I'm ta- and I'm talking about uh, what makes him better. What's what's made him a better quarterback than Aaron, than Aaron Rodgers and Drew Brees. And I think a big reason that he's had more postseason success than those guys is be is because what Brady can do pre-snap. I've never seen a quarterback that puts the rest of his teammates in such a good position to succeed by by what he does pre-snap, setting the protection. Um, it's just he keeps you he keeps you off balance. People always talk about, oh yeah, Brady's not that good. Look at all the easy throws he's making. He's making the easy throws because he's picking you apart and he's playing chess and he's setting it up to be easy for him. That's what makes him great. Uh, even even if you want to look at Ronald Jones, there's so many times this year where I've seen a Brady audible out of that play, and he did a little screen pass to Ronald Jones, and look, now he gained 30 yards. He is he is just that good at putting the rest of his team in position to succeed, and that's a big reason why teams with, teams with Tom Brady, whether it's with New England without a lot of receiver help or here where he's got help, that's a big reason why he's always putting points on the board, and I think – Patrick Graham is going to have to call a great game because we got we got to give him different looks. We got to get him off guard. We can't just sit back there and 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 and, and you know just ha- and play zone all day. I mean, he's going to pick us apart. What they really need to do is is give him a lot of different looks. And the only way to and the one thing that I think we're missing uh, comparatively to our Super Bowls is we don't have anyone that can get to the quarterback right now. Uh, Marcus Golden's gone. I think Kyle, you know, Lorenzo Carter's out for the year. Yep. Uh, you know, Fackrell, he's really a situational pass rusher. Um, that's going to be the big thing. You know, can O'Shane, O'Shane Zimenez step up? We just don't have that guy right now, and that's what really scares me. Yeah, I mean, you look at our Super Bowls, and I love that you bring that up because it's a great point. You look at a guy like O.C.U. Munyar or Michael Strahan, two of the bigger guys that were disruptive in those Super Bowls. Uh, you know, you look at those kinds of guys – and the reason the Giants won, it's not because Eli Manning scored a bunch of points. No, he scored enough points, of course, but he didn't do the job. And I'm not trying to take anything away from Eli, but it was the defense, absolutely. And I'd be the first to admit that. I love Eli, but it was not him that won us those Super Bowls. He did his job at the defense, absolutely. The reason Brady was losing in those games is because he was he was under pressure. You force him on his back. You force him to make plays you know out of the pocket he can't do that that's not the kind of guy he is it's not like russell wilson or patrick mahomes or lamar jackson where if you try to rush them they can get out of the pocket and make smart plays brady doesn't do that that's okay that's just not the kind of player he's ever been and it's not the player he's ever going to be if you get brady under pressure you can rattle him and you can get him to make a bad play but that's what you have to do and you said it, and I 100% agree. I'm still a little bit upset personally about the Marcus Golden thing just because I do feel as though he had some talent and he was of value to this team, however I understand the move. 
Um, but, you know, the Giants don't have that guy to get him, especially on the outside. I mean, we have our interior alignment, and they're, they're decent, especially Dexter Lawrence on the inside. Decent, but we have no edge rushers, really, that are going to, you know, be able to blitz from the edge and just get right at Brady. It's not going to happen unless somebody steps up. We don't necessarily have that guy right now, and that's always going to be the key to beating a guy like Brady, and specifically Brady himself. That's always been the key to beating him is, Get him under pressure. And if the Giants can't do that, he will systematically pick us apart because he's not necessarily the best quarterback skill level. That's not why he's always been the best and why he is the best. It's all his his football knowledge, and I really agree with you, said. So unless Patrick Graham and that defense can somehow play an absolutely flawless game, it is going to be a painful game, most likely if you're a Giants fan. Yeah, because – this Tampa Bay team, more than any other team we've played this year, I would say it, this this is as complete a football team as you can get right now. I think yeah. uh, when you look at teams like Pittsburgh, you know Tennessee, they're up there. But I would say when you want to look at being having a lot of firepower on offense and being a complete defense, uh, I'm not sure if if there's you know maybe you know maybe Kansas City, um, but their defense is certainly not as good right now. Um, but I would say um, they're good defense, just not as good. But Tampa Bay, um, what makes them so dangerous is that they're besides Brady, there's just no weaknesses there. They have they have a great offensive line. Their center, their center Ryan Jensen has has been fantastic this year. Uh, Ali Marpet, you know, one of their other offensive linemen, been playing well. Um, small school guy who you know I thought was going to be a very good offensive lineman. And additionally, um, I, I always talked about Ronald Jones is going to end up. You know, give him a couple of years. He's going to end up being a really good running back, and he's been one of the most productive in the NFL this year. Oh, by the way, they also have Leonard Fournette available. Um, so, you know, people people got to forget. You know, people people comped Leonard Fournette to like a bigger Adrian Peterson. So he's he's he, he can he can be dangerous. Um, but additionally, despite the fact that Chris Godwin is there, they got the red zone threat in Gronk. Uh, they have Mike Evans, but really, I think defensively, um, they're pretty scary because. Our old guy, Jason Pierre-Paul, he can he can still get it done. He's more effective right now than any pass rusher we have on their team. Uh, I think, you know, one area that is helpful for us is, you know, they did lose Vita Vea. He's not he's not there, but uh, in the middle of the defense. But Ndamukong Sue is still playing well, and it's going to be tough to run the ball because these linebackers, uh, Levante David and Devin White, I would say are the best pair of, of of of, of sideline to sideline run defending linebackers in the NFL right now. Devin White, uh, top five or top seven pick last year, and uh, Levante David has been uh, he's been in the conversation. He won't get it, but he's been in the conversation for defensive player of the year. Uh, you take that with how good the back end of that of that defense is. Um, I mean Jamel Jamel Dean, Carlton Davis, um, they are they are good. They are they are good top to bottom. Um, what you know if we if we win this game on offense, I, I know we talked about Jake defensively what we have to do, but if we're going to have a productive day in offense, you know how do we strategize to get that done? I'm starting to sound like a broken record. I swear. Anybody that continues to listen to me is probably going to say, "Does this guy have anything else to say?" Because it's going to continue to be. It's always the same. It's, and that's where it's always going to start. And I I hate to not have anything new to say, but that's what it is you got to start with the offensive line. This is a strong defense, and I give them all the credit in the world, uh, especially Jason Pierre-Paul. I mean, it hurts as a Giants fan just because I love JPP. 
I think I think he was a great player, and he obviously is still out there proving it. Um, and and Dominic and Sue, just because he's on the older side, doesn't mean he gets the job done. You know, uh, a half decent Dominic and Sue is better than a lot of guys in the league still because he was just he's that talented. That's just the kind of guy he is, and he's still getting it done clearly. So if you can't protect Daniel Jones or make holes in the running game, it's not going to matter. I mean, the running game has been better, but this week we might be without Devonta Freeman. We're not sure yet. It's possible because he did come back to practice, I believe, on Tuesday in a limited fashion. So they're not, I don't know that they're sure if he's going to play, but it was an encouraging sign to see him back. But if you lose him, you go to Wayne Goldman, and it's not that Goldman's bad. It's just you lose your number one, and I'm putting quotes around that, of course, because obviously Saquon's our normal number one. But for now, he is our number one in Devonta Freeman. Um, and if you do lose him, that's not going to help either. Not that Wayne Goldman's bad, because I do think Wayne Goldman has some real talent. But that's a whole other conversation. Point being, if you can't get that offensive line going and especially give Daniel Jones the time to just have three seconds back there just to, like, survey the field, it's not going to matter because they have uh, an all-around solid defense that is really complete. And if, if Jones is forced to make plays, they're going to capitalize on the mistakes that he will inevitably make. And that all, again, starts with that offensive line. And if then, obviously, the offensive line doesn't get going and we can't run the ball, we can't pass the ball, we can't do anything, this team will systematically pull us apart. They will destroy us on you know, almost every play because they will either force Daniel Jones to throw the ball and he'll make a mistake. They will stop the run and force a loss or fumble. Or, lastly, they'll get Daniel Jones on the ground, most likely with sacks. And if either of those three things happen because the offensive line doesn't get going, it's not going to mean a thing. Anything we would do positive won't matter because we will not be able to win this game. Even if the defense plays incredible, it wouldn't matter if we don't have that offensive line because those three things, those three things I just talked about could ultimately lose the game, no matter how great that defense plays. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I, I hate to sound cliche and repeat myself. Hey, I agree. I agree. But, you know. <laughs> You're a smart guy. I'm a smart guy. We 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 see we see things in a similar similar way, but um, you know, let's let's transition. Let's actually talk about how how some various players uh, on the team on the team are performing. I, I did want to start out by talking about uh, Andrew Thomas, our left tackle, who 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 certainly continued to struggle. Um, you know, went went back this week actually uh, watched the all twenty two film and. Uh, I'm seeing, you know, when I first did my Andrew Thomas scouting report for Pigskin Nut, uh, I. I saw one thing that was actually uh, a couple, two things actually that, that, that were, that were a little, little bit concerning. And, and when I go and watch Andrew Thomas this week, I feel like this is the reason why he seems to not be playing well. And one of them is something that actually really scares me uh, quite a bit because uh, it was a big reason why, why Eric flowers, you know, didn't, didn't play well. Um, so to, to quote coach Ben McAdoo, um, he said, <laughs> I, I, I know of all, of all people, He's, he's still coached in the NFL, so absolutely. He said, "Yeah, people are like he's shitty coach." Well, you're not better. Sorry, <laughs> sorry. He's better at you than your job than I you are. Hundred percent agree. Yeah, stupid mustache, ugly. Yes, but <laughs> competent. You know, as as a coach to a degree. Anyways, we'll stop shit talking, Mac, and you know, get to my damn point. But what he said was, he said this. Uh, it was the season after. Uh, that that he was fired when Pat Shermer first came there, 
And he he said he, he said he said I don't think I don't think I don't know what Eric Flowers can be because because he's not he's not a natural knee bender. He's more he's more of a waist bender. And sometimes it's hard to coach that out of guys. And uh, I can tell you that um, that you know playing offensive line uh, that's 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 a real issue. Um, and I see when I look at Andrew Thomas is he is still too much of a waist bender as as opposed to a knee bender. Um, so what's happening there is in football, especially in the trenches, low, low man wins. And and, bec- and because he is not winning the leverage battle, it doesn't matter how big and powerful he is. The other thing is you're constantly see him, seeing him very vulnerable to the bull rush. And uh, when an offensive lineman is going into his kick slide, setting up his pass protection, um, you know, you have to – Trying to think of a way to explain it. So, so when you're going, when you're going back and, and setting up, if your feet are off the ground for too long, you're you you have you have a foot off the ground, you're on one leg, you're getting pushed back into the quarterback. When you go and watch his tape, um, his kick slide should be smoother, where his feet should constantly you know be on the ground, but you're seeing that they're very, very choppy. His feet are leaving the ground, so he's just not able to set it to set up the way he wants. And uh, these are things that he is going to have to fix. It's not just him being a rookie. Uh, I think the, these are these are things fundamentally um, that he's that he's going to have to fix. And I'll say, um, regardless of what anyone says, it still doesn't look good um, on on us in any degree because uh, at this point, Jedrick Wills, Tristan Wirfs, and even Makai Becton, who doesn't even know how to play offensive line, have been playing uh, better. Um, you go back and watch Becton's tape. The guy never, never got his hands on anyone. He just pushed everyone. So a question is, we've seen Matt Pert come in. We've seen him have a little bit of success. Um, how much longer, how much longer does, do we go until we say, Hey, you know what? Andrew Thomas need, needs to be benched and, and maybe, and maybe, maybe for the rest of the year, maybe for a few games. I don't know. Yeah. I honestly, I think it's, it's too late. Actually, if, if I were the coach last week, I would have said, you know, we're not gonna, we're not gonna let our guys just play poorly. I mean, you know, Andrew Thomas was not having a wonderful game again. If he continues to struggle, I said, you know, on the show last week, put part in, see what he can do. There's no reason not to, and they didn't. So, as Thomas continues to struggle, it's not a matter of when should be, should should part be in. It's a matter of really why isn't he being put in yet. Because we saw him come in and he was better. I mean, granted, it's a, it's a much smaller sample size, so it is hard to judge them, you know, in, in a comparison. However, if I'm Joe Judge, I have nothing to lose. The absolute worst thing that happens is I admit I made a mistake and I move on. But I, I see no reason to not put Pert in right now, especially in what's going to be a tough game. Give him a tough assignment this week. You know what? See what he can do against a tough assignment because – Maybe you just say throw him into the fire and see what happens. It it's not going to hurt in the end because Hurt might be the better option inevitably. And with the way Thomas has played, it really feels like maybe it's it, Hurt has earned his chance. He he's played well, and I think it might be his time. And so I'm not sitting here saying you know when should I put Hurt in. It, it's really why isn't he in yet? What is what is the staff seeing that I'm not because. Thomas has not impressed me by any means, and Pert has impressed me at least more. So 
I would like to see Pert go in. And I've said it before. I, you know, I said it last week, and I, I'll say it again. It's not a bad idea to maybe try and shuffle up the line, see if Thomas can play on the other side of the line and put Pert in and you know, basically switch Pert and Thomas and then move Thomas somewhere else down the line or bench him. But you might as well give the, the other guy a chance at this rate because, like I said, you can't get much worse. At the very least, you just suck still. It's not this team is not going very far anyway. So you're at a point where you're able to experiment. So I see no reason not to. Yeah. Um, I think um, I think when Matt Pert came in, you saw I mean after after you know a you know a driver so I said, you know what? This guy's got a future here. Because despite despite being raw, he was he was he was he was effective. No, he wasn't perfect. Um, still, you know. You know, got beat around the edge a few times, but overall, uh, I, w- I was impressed. And they put Thomas back in there, and uh, he's he's consistently you know played played poorly. Um, last thing I want to touch on is this: is uh, the talk about the fire sale. Uh, you know, it's that time of the year; trade deadlines coming up. Uh, obviously, you know, team teams like the New York Jets. Uh, you know, the book is already written, but we're in the we're in the NFC East, where where despite being a one and six team, we're actually nowhere near being out of it. So um, the Giants, you know, did trade away Marcus, Marcus Golden. They got, they got a, they got a sixth round pick. Um, there's been talk about shopping Evan Ingram. All of the Giants ha- have denied it. Um, does it make sense to try to trade some of these guys right now? Or do we have to be in the mindset of, Hey, you know, we still have a chance to win this. Let's be as good as we can. You know, I, I, the optimistic side of me says, yeah, we could win this division and host a playoff game. But the realistic truth is, what good is that going to do for us? If anything, I think winning the division would actually hurt the Giants. Giants are in a rebuild, and that's as, as clear as day. Everybody knows that. There's no, no, no way to hide that. But if you win the division, you automatically go higher in the draft no matter what. It doesn't matter. You're a division winner. You made the playoffs, so you're automatically going to be considerably higher than the rest of your division. And as much as, yeah, I'd love to say, oh, we get to host a playoff game, we get killed in the playoff game. It doesn't matter. This team's not ready for the playoffs yet. They're rebuilding. They just they really just started their rebuild, basically, because obviously they just transitioned to a new quarterback last season. So it's really that beginning of transition to the rebuild. And so to say, oh, let's just try and win now, there's a time and a place for that. The Buccaneers are, are you know, happen to be the team we're playing. They're a perfect example. They're in the win now situation. They're buyers, and they want to bulk up their team as much to win right now. Giants on Antonio Brown. <laughs> right. There's no way the Giants are anywhere near that. The Giants are instead a sell-now team and build for the future. So if you have a guy on the Giants that you say, like Evan Ingram, for example, if you feel you can get a good return or even a decent return that might be helpful, helpful and a good investment in your future, that's what you need to do. As much as I would love for the Giants to go to the playoffs, like I said, it's not the time. It's not the year. This is a year where, yes, this division is bad, but I would much rather get a high draft pick again, hopefully build up maybe this offensive line or possibly the defensive line, preferably the offensive line first, just because that's our biggest need for sure, and maybe try and get some weapons for Daniel Jones, Not the, you know, maybe just an extra receiver if they – they, you know, maybe tight end if we do sell in, you know selling room to somebody that's where I think they need to go and trying to buy now and go for the playoffs 
would really set this franchise back, actually, because making the playoffs would give us a high draft pick and delay what is an inevitable rebuild. And that would I just I feel like that would be arguably the dumbest decision this front office could make. And so while yes, I want them to go to the playoffs, that would be wonderful. It's a not gonna happen most likely because the rest of this division is not as terrible as us, realistically. At least the Eagles probably could make the playoffs with Carson Wentz. And B, I want to win in the future. I don't want to win right now. I'd rather win for years to come as opposed to get one playoff game now and set ourselves back possibly two or three years. Good stuff. Um, you know, I, I'd be, I'd be open to them shopping, you know, um, Evan Ingram, but I mean, they have, they have found creative ways to utilize him. Um, you know, I, I've loved, you know, I've loved some of the, some of the reverse plays they've done with him. Uh, but ultimately, um, you know, the, the bit, the biggest, you know, the biggest issue with him is that he hasn't, he hasn't been a good blocker. Uh, of course, you know, we saw, we saw the drop last week and, you know, for what we expected of him and for what the talent that he has, um, you know, you're expecting more. Andrew Roberts is saying tank for Trevor. Uh, no, absolutely not. Because, well, one, I don't think we're going to get Trevor Lawrence. Um, and, and and ultimately, too, I, I think I've seen it personally for me speaking. I have seen enough of Daniel Jones throws that I know that I can basically tell by watching that if he has protection consistently, he'll be a franchise quarterback. Um, I think, you know, there is enough tape just to justify that. Um, the stats don't look terrific for him. Um, yes, he's got he's got some decision making to do. I think um, Trevor, you know, Trevor Lawrence um, already a better decision maker, you know, than than, than Daniel Jones. But I think uh, Daniel Jones is that talented and he's and he's been that good of a thrower when he's protected that I think, you know, we just have to continue to build around him. Um, I think a lot of times what happens is. Um, and you see it consistently that that bad teams draft draft great quarterbacks and they and they ruin their career. Uh, yeah. Look 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 at you know you look at what happened with Andrew Luck. Uh, you can see what's happening you know with Sam Darnold. Um, geez, David Carr was a great example. I mean Josh Rosen. Uh, I I think Josh Rosen you know his he he goes through his progressions very slow and I think that hurts him. But you know guys who have talent can go to bad offensive lines and and you know not do well. And I think. Um, should we, if, if, if we, if we had the number one overall pick, uh, person, personally, I would trade it because we need a lot more than a quarterback to win right now. I think, you know, uh, Trevor Lawrence, he's, I don't think he, I don't think he's going to be as fat. I don't know how, what his 40 time will be, but I mean, we can, we all know Daniel Jones is mobile. He's built for today's NFL and just swapping him out for maybe a more talented quarterback, which I'd say he is, but Daniel Jones is still very talented. It's not the answer to our problems. The answer to our problems is. Uh, is is really this is uh, we we need an edge rusher we need an, we need another we need another big corner um, we need our offensive line to play better so we got to see what's going to happen with Andrew Thomas and I think we definitely need another weapon on the outside I think we have that uh, we can you know we can be a good football team so that will wrap up everything uh, we have for now and good thing because I got some food burning in the oven uh, hey guys I appreciate everyone joining us for today's episode of Scouting Giants. Uh, Jake, uh, I guess we will we will actually be posting when we're going to do our post game. So um, yeah. I know we, we usually do it Monday at ten o'clock Eastern time. Um, we're going to see what time the game gets done, see if it makes sense. But also, I think we might try to strategize during the week about how we'll handle you know yeah. this this Monday this Monday night game. So uh, stay tuned to uh, Pigskin Nut and the Scouting Giants Facebook page uh, for Steve Fishkin and Jake Malik. We'll see you guys next time.